first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions and the Voice America Kids Network. I am Benjamin Price, and today we, we will be talking about on the Llama Family Vacation, Octonauts, The Tomorrow War, The Mighty Ones, and The Loneliest Whale. And right now, we're going to hear from Natalia about the new Netflix semi-series, sort of music video compilation, We the People. Um, so let's get right into that and what it is. So Natalia, what did you think about this series of music videos? I honestly thought it was awesome. You know, each episode of the show has a mix of animation. Um, there's different styles of them, and they included 10 different directors, including men and women, LGBTQ+, and ethnicity. And there were so many amazing parts and aspects of this film, and not only the film itself, but the people included in the film. Um, there was singers such as Janelle Monet, her, Brandy Carlyle, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Beba Rexa, Kyle, and so many more. And I think there's so many inspirational people in this film. So I, I definitely enjoyed it overall. So beyond just being a set of music videos, what are they trying to sort of get to the center of and uh, teach people about? Well, this 10-episode series of animated music videos contains lessons in U.S. civics, such as active citizenship, talking about the power to be an active citizenship, you know, um, such as that episode. It follows a young woman finding her voice, building community, and making change. And the groove of is from her, the singer. And they also talk about the Bill of Rights, taxes, the three branches of the government, you know, the First Amendment, federal versus state power, the courts, immigration, uh, overall, we the people, and the mir miracle of the morning. Um, so it's just all important topics that you might not learn in regular school education. And as I spoke to Christine, she stated that this idea had been floating since 2016, which is wild to think it came in 2021. Such perfect timing, I have to say, especially with all that went down in 2020. Um, it was the perfect timing, not only for the youth, but for those 18 plus and, and adults further, because it, it re it allows them to re-educate themselves in such a fun way. So this is a little similar to Schoolhouse Rock. You know, using animated segments to teach about matters and civics isn't new. But did this succeed, you think, in teaching you about um, things of that nature? You know, I think that's a great and wonderful question, Benjamin. Good job, because actually when I spoke to Christine, I had asked her the exact same question. I was like, well, how do you think that um, young viewers would be able to grasp the importance of these topics without just remembering the catchy tunes that go with it, you know? And then I realized I have the answer myself. Did I, was I able to learn and was I able to grasp the importance of these topics? And you know what? I really was. And she made sense of it all. It's not two different things. You know, the groovy tunes are the things we should be remembering because those lyrics are what that's what the topic is about, you know? Um, so as I've these past couple of days, ever since I watched it, I've been just singing it and I've been really, you know, you never really take a moment whenever you're listening to music or, you know, even reading a book, you're, you're reading it, but you forget to understand. So you have to reread it again. So, you know, I'll just, um, just listen to the part again and, and really understand the importance. So yes, I truly do think that we, the people succeeded. All right. Well, thanks for letting us know. Um, and finally, what is your star rating and age rating for We The People? I give We The People five out of five stars with an age recommendation of 10 to 18 plus adults. Um, and it actually came out this past 4th of July, um, Independence Day, which is perfect timing. So you all have to check yeah. it out on Netflix right now. How fitting. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Llama Llama Family Vacation, The Octonauts, The Tomorrow War, The Mighty Ones, Lonely Whale. And right now, we're going to hear Natalia's interview with Chris Nee, the creator and producer of the new Netflix series, We the People. Hello, I am Natalia Jackson, reporting from Kids First. Today, I have the pleasure and honor to catch up with Chris Nee, NAACP and Emmy Award-winning children's television screenwriter and producer known for the acclaimed series, Doc McStuffins. Today, we are discussing the upcoming Netflix 10-episode television series, We the People, aimed at teaching youth about the basic rights 
and citizenships for U.S. citizens. Um, first and foremost, I remember um, watching videos and reading articles. In one interview, you stated that the idea for We the People had floated around since 2016, which is quite some time ago. However, you shared also that it was quite difficult to get people interested. Why was it so difficult to get people interested in We the People? Well, in 2016, I just kept thinking we should be talking about civics, and I wasn't really sure how to do that. Um, mm -hmm. And look, I, I, I think that it was, a, it was a part of the world that seemed boring, right? Like, it feels like yeah. it's going to be a really boring thing to do um, as a topic. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it wasn't until in 2018 when Kenya Barris, um, who created Blackish, uh, and I got together and started talking about it that we came up with an idea that felt like it was going to be um, young and, um, and engaging. And once we got the president and the first lady involved, we got to ask whoever we wanted to join us. Um, and once you have Jamelle, Janelle Monet and her and Peter Ramsey and Lin-Manuel Miranda involved, suddenly you have something that feels alive. Mm -hmm. Well, I think actually it came in perfect time, you know, um, coming in from the end of 2020 to nearing 2021 is perfect timing considering all that happened in the past year. So I think this is extremely important for the youth to get educated on. And as you said, it can be a, a boring topic and hard to grasp, but through the power of animation and combining music, it's pretty amazing what that can do to us youth. So thank you for um, sharing We the People with all of us. Oh, I'm so excited. Look, talking to you is exactly the reason why we wanted to make this because you are the future. You're the ones who are going to like get our get, get us on the right path. And so we need mm -hmm. to make sure that that the kids who are, you know, between the ages of 12 and 18 are feeling excited and activated instead of kind of depressed and not wanting to be involved in what our what our mm -hmm. governance is. Exactly, because it is an extremely important topic, and although we are the future, there will be a generation behind us to follow, so we got to keep the power going. Um, and following that, when Barack and Michelle Obama took interest in this and Netflix, you shared that things started to fall in place. You know, you got to ask whoever you wanted to ask, and they would join. How was the process working with them, and did things just start falling into place? Look, it was a long process bringing this together because once you're working with people at this level, it's uh, schedules are hard and, and, mm -hmm. and, and your expectation of how good it's going to be. You have to make it great if you have all these people joining you. And if you're, you know, all of us wanted to make the president and the first lady proud, um, which I think we did, but you, you really wanted to make it good. Um, but working with them is extraordinary. Their team uh, in L.A. are great. Um, the president took real interest in this. This is this is the core of what they care about is working with with uh, the next generation, talking about civics, talking about how to get involved in government. Um, and so he was more involved than I expected him to be. He would uh, mm -hmm. he would listen to the songs. He would have thoughts on uh, on topics and lyrics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so uh, it's a dream to work with them. It's so crazy how you brought up how involved they were. And um, it's, it's pretty cool to think that you were working with the Obamas. You have before, actually. But, you know, if I was, I, I'd want to live up to the reputation of doing great work. And I want to put on the best for them. And I'm sure you guys did. And following that, I heard you say in an interview, I can't believe how involved the president actually was. How he was really figuring out those 10 topics through the president, um, just like you shared. Can you share what it was like working side to side with the Obamas once again? And what was different working with him and her from previous times? Well, I mean, they are, uh, I always say about Mrs. Obama, she, she feels both regal and down to earth at the exact same time. Um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, they're so smart and they've dedicated their lives to being engaged in the process of governing this country and making it better and making it better for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. And so we took real inspiration from that. Um, he, he also, look, he's a, con a constitutional scholar. So uh, there was one note I had to give one of the artists that was because he said, that's not actually true. It, it, everybody thinks it's true, but it's not true. And um, it, it's the easiest way to give notes to people is to say, President Obama said. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I wanted to use that on my other shows, be like, well, you have to change this. because, And they would be like, President Obama doesn't work on this project. You can't, you can't use that. Um, but they are, they're, they're, they're generous in spirit. Um, and, uh, and, and they have an incredibly hardworking team working with them. So 
uh, couldn't ha- could not have done this without them. There's no question. Yeah, of course. You know, I'm sure if anyone would know, it would be the President Obama. I mean, I don't know. I think he's a reliable source. He's a reliable source. <laughs> so, he is. He's a reliable source. So um, following that, um, like we shared before, it can be a very boring topic, and it can be hard for us youth to want to learn, you know, feel forced to have to learn. So do you believe that younger audience members, such as myself, will be able to grasp the importance and meaning of each topic or just remember the catchy tunes that go along with the lesson? Well, that's the beauty of songwriting, isn't it? Because it, it doesn't matter which one you think you're doing. As long as the song is stuck in your head and stuck in your heart. Uh, you know, I grew up with, with Schoolhouse Rock and with Free to Be You and Me, and I watched kids singing the songs from Hamilton and there was so much information packed into them, but that's not why they're singing them. They're singing them because the songs are great and because the musical is great. And yet all of this stuff is getting stuck in their heads, in their hearts. And so, look, that's the hope is that, um, is that by having songs, like you can't be bored listening to that Janelle Monet song. You can't be <laughs> bored listening to Corday's incredible piece on taxes. Kyle, you, you know, like his Fed versus State uh, and hers song, which like the second we heard it, we were like, oh man, we're going to have like radio play songs about civics. Um, they're not boring, uh, but we couldn't have done it without their, their superpowers. Yes, um, everyone played a part in this, and there was a lot of people, actually, that played a part in this project. And speaking of that, um, each episode of the show has a mix of animation styles, which 10 different directors, men and women, LGBTQ+, and ethnicity were included. Why was it so important for you to build such a diverse team for this project? Because the project is called We the People, and it's about the idea that, in fact, the story of this country has been told from one point of view for a long time. Mm -hmm. And actually, there are all these other points of view and other stories that we haven't been paying attention to. It's not, uh, our country is not like set in stone. It's not an old dead white language. It's actually like living and breathing in the streets. Um, And so it felt important that the directors represented We the People in the same way that the project represented We the People. And I I was just talking to the president and the first lady, and they they were saying that, once again, they were really struck by how beautiful the diversity was on screen. And what I reminded them is when you when you want diversity on screen, you need to have diversity behind the camera. That's how it happens without having to force anything. And so uh, we're really excited about how this project came together. I hope everyone in the business uh, uses it as an example. I definitely enjoyed it. You know, um, this there was multiple episodes, 10 episode series. And I think out of all of them, my favorite was Taxes. And I think... Um, Who would have thought Taxes is the this, one? It's so good. Yeah, I just think it was so catchy. And, you know, it was like... To pay my tag. It was just, it went high from a low point. And it, it was really a great song. I enjoyed it. And like you just mentioned, you know, it's not two different things. It's the fact that the song is sticking in your head. And you know, the lyrics are staying there, so you know you know what to sing about. So um it's lastly the most punk rock cat that's teaching you about taxes. So you, you I loved it. I really everything loved it. you never would have expected to love is happening in that piece. <laughs> I re- it was actually my favorite, though. I, I enjoyed I it the that. most. It was one of my favorites. Um, so to end it off, lastly, what do you hope audiences will take away from watching We the People? I hope that everyone remembers that you have a choice in how this country turns out. You have, you have a, the ability to be a part of writing the next chapter of the United mm-hmm. States of America. But to do that, you have to get involved. You have to be an active citizen. We are handing you a lot of problems. But when I talk yeah. to people like you in your age range with your uh, presence and, and intelligence and commitment, I can feel hope. You guys have to come in and save us, you, you, but you have to get involved. Exactly. We have to use our voice. Um, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, Thank you, Christine, for talking with me today. And We the People once again begin streaming on Netflix on July 4th, 2021 on Independence Day. Um, I am Natalie Jackson, reporting from Kids First. Thank you, Christine, for speaking with me. Thank you. Uh, let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Color Form City. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about We the People and next we'll be talking with Gianna about Llama Llama Family Vacation. So, Llama Llama Family Vacation, what do you think? Well, I thought it was a very entertaining and very kid-friendly uh, de- uh, collection of or confirmation of episodes from the Llama Llama series on Netflix. And I just thought it, if you read the Llama Llama books, you will, like, see things that you heard or seen in the Llama Llama books. So I think they did a really good job on that, and it was just very entertaining to watch, and I really enjoyed it. And what is the general idea of the show? Uh, going off of the books, obviously. Yes, yeah, so in each episode of Llama Llama Family Vacation, um, the storyline follows Llama Llama, uh, his mom, and their friends as they go on different quests and try new things along the way. Uh, for example, Llama Llama goes on a plane for the first time to visit Sandy Island with Mama Llama and his grandma. And there he meets his extended family and his cousins for the first time. And throughout the whole like DVD, you see Llama Llama making new friends and meeting new people. And that makes the storyline more enjoyable. And... You talked a bit in your interview about all the new characters that again get int- in your. You talked about in your review about all the new characters mm-hmm. that get introduced in this collection. So, which among them was your favorite? I'd say my favorite was I think her. I don't remember her name at this moment, but it was in the episode "New Neighbors," and. She was probably my favorite character that got added because she, like, at first, Llama Llama didn't really want to hang out with her because he thought he she was different just because she had, like, a disability. And throughout that episode, you, like, Mama Llama helps Llama Llama learn that they're all the same. And at the end of the episode, Llama Llama and her make friends and Llama Llama and, like, they just make friends. And I think that was important to that sounds really sweet mm-hmm. it was and what's your favorite episode of the show um my favorite episode is llama llama fan vacation because they add new members of uh, llama llama's family to the storyline and well besides mama llama and llama llama and it shows mama llama helping llama llama get on the plane for the first time all right and what is your star rating and age rating for Llama Llama Family Vacation. 
Our Llama Llama Fan Vacation, four out of five stars, and recommended for ages four to six. Great. Well, thank you so much, Gian. Thank you. And right now, we're going to talk to Kyla and Micah about Octonaut Season 4. Here we go. Another uh, animated series geared towards younger kids. Um, So, Micah, what did you think of Octonauts Season 4? I actually really loved it. And when I was younger, I watched the Octonaut series that was on Disney Channel. And that's why I really wanted to um, do a review and watch this new DVD and compilation of episodes because um, I think that it was really good, really entertaining. And it had all the same characters as well, except with some new creatures. So I thought the creatures that they added were perfect and the animation and everything, which is really good to see because I used to watch it and it just brought back a lot of nostalgia and it was really good. And Kyla. What is the general idea of this set of episodes? So the story is kind of about um, Captain Barnacles, who teaches some young octonauts, um, that's what the characters are called in the show, to get their badges, which are earned by completing certain tasks. So some of the episodes kind of revolve around those missions, while others are more geared toward, like, a specific episode. And... uh, Mike, I want you to kind of expand a little bit on the nostalgia angle because that's what immediately popped out to me as soon as I saw all the image from the show. I, I do remember watching this on Disney Channel like uh, a few years ago. And um, what memories did it bring back for you watching this new season? Well, this season, like I said, it had all the same characters. So I can just remember me watching them on the screen and watching them go on all their missions and going on all their new missions. Just like you said, the nostalgia just comes right back to you and it just makes you remember um, all the other missions that you've seen and everything that the old, the characters have done and the old creatures they've rescued and the new creatures they rescued. And I think that this is like what I said made me really want to grab this opportunity because I haven't seen it in a long time. So it was really refreshing to see something that I used to watch when I was younger. Sure. And Kyla, what is, what is Octonauts kind of trying to teach? Uh, What lessons is it trying to impart? Definitely teamwork and kindness, like working together because the Octonauts all have to really work together and like problem solve to solve all these different problems and issues that come out. And they're all like kid friendly and really cute and creative, but it spreads a really good message that you have to work together to really problem solve. And yeah. And is it trying at all to teach about like different aquatic animals or anything or? Yes, definitely. One another one of my favorite aspects was how they incorporated the like educational values into the entertainment factor. Like on the missions, you would learn about like different sea sea creature pups and all that. And what was the most interesting fact uh, that you learned in the show? I learned a lot about um, like sea pups. So there was one episode where there were sea pups um, getting trapped by icebergs. And so I learned a lot about how, like, they have to call for their mothers. And that was really interesting. Sure. And Micah, uh, what star rating and age rating would you give Octonaut Season 4? I rate um, Octonaut Season 4 5 out of 5 stars and recommend it for ages 2 to 8. But parents, this is a great series for parents to watch with their kids and further explain everything they learn about the creatures and everything. So I think people will really enjoy it, especially if they've watched it before. Great. So now we're going to talk with Aiden about the new Chris Pratt, Amazon Prime, sci-fi, spectacular, uh, The Tomorrow War. So what did you think of the movie? Uh, I thought it was really good. Like, no complaints at all. I thought it was funny, and I liked the action overall. And what is the movie about? The movie is about a biology teacher named Dan Forrester, and he gets picked for a war that takes place 30 years in the future. And during that, with the help of some people, he has the chance to save a bunch of lives. And I think regardless of how you feel about 
the movie. It's hard to argue with how awesome that that main setup is. The idea that people from the future would come back and have us fight a war, you know, 30 years on. Um, and so uh, can you talk a little bit about the special effects we have going on here? I mean, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but the thing that Chris Pratt ends up fighting in the future are these aliens called white spikes. So can you talk a little bit about uh, the design of those creatures and what you thought of the special effects overall? Well, I really liked the special effects. They looked very realistic and like they kind of fit in with the humans. But I will say they did look creepy, though. Mm. And going off of that, there was also quite a bit of action in this movie, too. So which of the sequences was your favorite? I gotta say the sequence that was my favorite was the final battle. I re- I just liked the setup and thought it was super creative. So I think that is probably my favorite fight scene. And what's the message like, of this movie? I think the message of the film is to fight for the people you love and also to uh, give people a second chance. Yeah, yeah. And finally, what age rating and star rating would you give it to for? The star rating, I would give this a five out of five stars. I really enjoyed this film. And I rate it ages 11 to 18, plus adults. Well, thanks so much, Aiden. You can watch The Tomorrow War on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by... Charlie's Color Form City. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about We the People, Llama Llama Vacation, Octonauts, and The Tomorrow War. And next, we'll be talking with Tiana about the new animated series, The Mighty Ones, now in its second season. So, Tiana, what did you think of this new set of episodes? Um, I thought that this new set of episodes was, they were really great. Um, I loved everything about them. It's very fun and colorful. It has a nice mix of hidden educational messages, um, which was really helpful. Um, And, you know, you kind of get a new thing from each episode, um, a new message. It's it's a really great series. And even though it kind of is more for younger kids, it's still a really great series to watch. And can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because I'm a little surprised to hear that looking at like the trailer um, and stuff for this show, that this is one that is trying to kind of 
sneak in educational messages every episode? Like, what is it trying to teach kids about? So mostly what it teaches kids about, um, which is the message. So it's about just being able to trust your friends and knowing that they have your best interest at heart um, and that you can do more together than alone, which you do see a lot. And another, uh, like a hidden message that you get is all the things that humans do to kind of affect the lives of other living things. Because in the series, um, the Mighty Ones are actually in uh, the backyard of three ladies. And you kind of see how certain things that they do in the episodes really affect the different adventures that they go on. And, and going off of that, can you uh, explain a little bit set up the show for us a little bit and what it's about yes so the mighty ones is about a group of four friends very berry who is a kind of fun and adventurous strawberry leaf who is a more of laid back and cool leaf twig a smart and nervous stick and roxy who is a considered pebble is also the leader of the group and they like i said they live in a messy backyard of humans that they call giants or gods but the messiness does make for a good adventure on every path. And even though they are the smallest things in the yard, like they are, they are tiny. They, there's no obstacle that they can't overcome. So, and even just from knowing that, that's how they get their name, the Mighty Ones. Yeah. And this is a pretty impressive voice cast. Uh, who are your favorites among the bunch in terms of performances? Um, my favorite voice actor would be, I like Alex Cazares, who is the voice of Very Berry. Um, she is a very funny person. I actually got to interview her um, for one of the junkets they had. And something that surprised me is that the voice she has for the character is actually the voice she has in real life, which I did not, uh, which actually surprised me. But I would say that she's my favorite actor a voice actor inside this because she is a really funny person. Well, speaking of that interview, um, that's where we're headed next. So can you give us our age rating and star rating for the mighty ones? Yes. So I rate the mighty ones a four out of five stars and recommend it for kids ages eight to 12. And just to note, you can find season two streaming on Peacock and Hulu now. Great. Thank you, Tiana. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we're talking about We the People, Llama Llama Family Vacation, Octonauts, The Tomorrow War, and The Loneliest Whale. And right now, we're going to hear Tiana's interview with Alex Cazares and Josh Brenner of The Mighty Ones. Hello, everyone. I'm Tiana Sermon to Pray for Kids First. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Alex Cazares, the voice of Very Berry, and Josh Brenner, the voice of Twig, in the series, The Mighty Ones. Ms. Cazares is known for her roles in Sunshine Brownstone, Boss Baby Back in Business, and Zozo Zombie. Mr. Brenner is known for his roles in 101 Dalmatian Street, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Star Wars Resistance. They are both here to talk with me today about The Mighty Ones Season 2. Hey! Hi! Um, so my question is, all the characters in the series have different personalities and mighty goals. So what do you think it is about their friendship that really makes it work? Even though they pick on each other, and even though things don't always go their way, they know at the end of the day that they're good friends and that the next adventure is just over the next dirt clod. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think they really take care of each other. Um, (laughs) You know, like, like they, they'll throw each other under the bus, but then when it really counts, they, uh, you know, they literally swoop in and, uh, and pull each other out of a pond or, save them from a bird or, you know, whatever, whatever crazy thing is happening, you know that they have each other's backs. But then they probably help get them there too. (laughs) That's true. That's true. They're just undoing what they did, but they will do it. Yes. So the mighty ones go on an adventure in the humans 
messy backyard. So what are some ways that we will see how humans affect how other living things live? Great question. Well, like, for instance, if they flood the backyard, there might be a watery mess that they have to deal with that might involve boats and floating <laughs> like that. That's pretty cool. Um, just, uh, oh, like, for instance, if if one of the <laughs> oh, wait, 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 already in one of the episodes, you know, remember when the light, there's a light and the light makes the characters grow stronger and stuff so whatever whatever these girls do it, it oh my gosh josh save me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think one of the most fun things about the show is that uh these sort of uh inconsequential things that the humans don't think much about like tossing a marble or spilling some paint or uh you know a few beans rolling away uh become major uh, obstacles or new friends or uh, enemies for, uh, for our little characters. And I think it's really fun to think about uh, scope and scale in that way about how uh, the tiny things in our backyard, I definitely, when I go into my backyard, I definitely think much more about what's going on at a very small level than I ever would have before the Mighty Ones. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> I got tongue tied, sorry. And it also adds to the humor. Yeah, yeah. It's a definitely it's a new perspective, which I think always uh, helps with comedy. So I would like to know what would kids find the most appealing about this series? I I really love the games that the Mighty Ones play. They're always playing some inexplicable nonsense game with each other where they know the rules, but they don't make any sense. And I feel like that's the kind of games I like to play when I was a kid where you just kind of like make up the rules as you go and they don't really make any sense, but it's the most fun. So I love Mighty One's games. Yeah, and the silliness. It doesn't have to make sense, but it's fun. <laughs> like when like when Roxy and Barry are like, hey, up here, Psst. And they just do silly little kid things together. And I really like the slapstick humor of it. And I think it's it's a beautiful world that they inhabit. It's fun to watch, too. Feast for your eyes, feast for your ears. Yeah, and I have seen some of the episodes, and I laughed a lot. It was really That, that is oh, all great. we ever want to hear. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome to hear. Thanks for telling us. (laughs) Thank you. Well, that is all for now. I'm Tian Sermons reporting for Kids First. Be sure to check out Season 2 of The Mighty Ones, available on Peacock and Hulu, July 1st, 2021. Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Color Form City. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off 
Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about We the People, Llama Llama Family Vacation, Octonauts, The Tomorrow War, The Mighty One. And next, we'll be hearing Tiana's interview with Joshua Zeman of The Loneliest Whale, The Search for 52, a new documentary. Hello, everyone. I'm Tiana Sanders, reporting for Kids First. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Joshua Zeman about his new film, The Loneliest Whale, The Search for 52. Joshua is known for his work with the Netflix hit series, Sons of Sam, Descendants into Darkness, and his critically acclaimed film, Crosby. The Loneliest Whale, The Search for 52 is executive produced by Leonardo DiCaprio and Adrian Grenier. And Mr. Zeman is its writer, director, and producer. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Yeah. So let's get right into it. So my first question is, so just who is 52 and what was the most challenging part about scripting a documentary about a legendary mysterious whale that nobody has ever seen? <laughs> Good question. Well, 52 is this whale that scientists, as you said, never originally saw. They've only heard about it. They heard about it on some uh, microphones uh, in the ocean. Uh, they didn't quite know what it was originally. Um, and then this one scientist says, oh, I think it's a whale. And then from that kind of story, they thought it was this one whale, this one whale swimming through the ocean, calling out at 52 hertz, which is unlike any other sound that any other whale makes. Basically, he speaks different from all the other whales. I didn't know if it was the first whale of his kind, the last whale of his kind, maybe a new species, or was he a mix of whales? Nobody knew. It was a big mystery. And kind of from that, it was also a really sad story because, you know, they thought that this one whale was swimming through the oceans, calling out differently, and the other whales, because he called out at a different frequency than what they were used to, they couldn't understand him. And so they said he was the loneliest whale in the world. Super sad story. And that became a really popular meme. In fact, it was totally picked up in popular culture. I don't know if you know BTS, the band, right? Yes. BTS, they made a song about it called Whalen 52, hugely popular. And so I had also heard about the story. And I was really interested in this idea of a lonely whale. Was it really true or not? Or was this kind of like a legend that we had made up, a story that we had made up in our heads? And so I said, hey, wouldn't it be great to go out on an expedition to go find this whale? Well, remember when you asked what was the most difficult part of, the exp of going on this search or this film? That was the most difficult part. Going out on an expedition to find a whale is really difficult. In fact, finding one whale in an entire ocean is really, really difficult. I kind of had no idea how difficult it would be, and that's kind of what you see in the movie. Yeah, but it also seemed like it was um, a very exciting adventure at the same time uh, in between all the challenges. Whales are cool. I'll give you that much for sure. Whales are definitely cool and kind of going out and filming whales and what scientists do to like understand whales. You know, they put tags on whales with suction cups so it doesn't hurt and they right. could like follow whales and listen to them and see what, how they swim. That's really cool. And like, how do you get a tag on a whale? You got to like suction cup it with like a big stick on the whale as he's coming up and that's all cool. And, you know, it's exciting stuff, you know, like Moby Dick, but hard too. Yeah, I would probably be scared, but it does seem pretty interesting. <laughs> it was a little scared. You know, I was a little scared too, I will admit. You know, when you're out there like by yourself and there's like all these whales like jumping in everyone, it's, it's a little scared. They're big. They're really, really big, big creatures. Right. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so what are, would you say are some of the similarities between the loneliest whale and humans? Well, that's like another thing that the film tries to do, like, is, can this whale really be lonely, right? Does a whale feel loneliness? Now, that was another question that we asked. Now, here's the interesting thing. In science, we found that whales have these certain brain cells called spindle cells right in the back of your brain. 
And they're really much like the same cells that we have. And these are the cells that allow us to form groups, not just families, but groups, groups of friends, groups of families and things together. And when you have families and when you have groups of people together, that actually is what creates emotions, love, sadness, jealousy, anger, you know, how angry you are, your sister, you know, your brother, like, yeah, yeah, okay, you can understand that, right? So this is what creates emotions. So that asked the question, could a whale really feel loneliness? And we tried to understand that. And you know what? We still don't have enough. We know they feel something. We just don't know how they feel loneliness in the same way. Does it super sad? Does it feel different from them? So these are all questions and all questions that we, are, we hope to understand more about as we continue to study whales. And that is pretty cool how you were talking about the different cells. And I know something I want to learn more about is like the different functions and stuff in the human body. So those are some pretty cool facts. Yeah, thank you. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions of the Voice America Kids Network. They were talking about We the People, Llama Llama Family Vacation, Octonauts, and the Tomorrow War. It's what we've been talking about. And right now, we're going to continue to hear Tiana's interview with Joshua Zeman on The Loneliest Whale, The Search for 52. So something that you mentioned was like all the attention that the loneliest whale or 52 hertz was getting. So what do you think that 52 would think about all the attention, attention that he has received, considering that he was called the loneliest whale? Good question. I, in fact, asked myself that same question. Would, what would 52 think? Would, like, would he be amazed? Like, here he is, swimming throughout the whole oceans, thinking he's completely lonely. And there are millions and millions of people like BTS talking about him. And we're all having these conversations on Twitter and Instagram about 52. And here he is thinking that he's completely alone, which becomes an interesting metaphor for our own feelings about loneliness. Meaning, are we really as alone as we all think we are? Are we really, when we're sad, thinking how alone we are? Are we really that alone? Or are people thinking about us and we just don't know it? Are our parents, friends, brothers, sisters, relatives, are they thinking about us and we're thinking just how lonely we are? What if we really, you know, we have no idea. And so I think it becomes an important understanding about what loneliness versus aloneness is. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know some of the examples that they showed inside the movie was talking about how people um, were kind of feeling the different connections about the loneliness and how they kind of feel like the loneliest well. It's true. And is like, why is that? You know, is they say that somehow we're, you know, certain people or there's this epidemic of loneliness because maybe, you know, we're not living with our grandparents like we used to. And now our grandparents are kind of living alone and that therefore they're more alone than they're ever were. That family unit that used to have so many people is now not doesn't have so many people in it. And, and you know, certain things like the pandemic like that helps push us apart. But it's also an understanding of can we use this way? right to talk to each other i could connect with you in a way i don't even know you before we started this but now i know who you are and now i could call you up and say tiana hey let's have a conversation so it's about you know making the opportunity and there's another important lesson here which is you know 52 is calling out right right what he wants us to do is listen we would have never found out if he was there if we weren't listening and so I think the other important lesson is for us to all chill out and listen, because if we listen to each other, we won't feel so lonely. Definitely agree. Cool. So at Kids First, our audience is families and kids and parents. So what do you think that kids in particular would enjoy about this documentary? Well, I think it's a message that's for for kids and for adults alike. You know, it's a it's a it's a good story. Um, and I remember when I was a kid, 
I really liked learning about the ocean. I wanted to be a marine biologist. And so I particularly think that it's important to understand our relationship with the ocean and why it's so important and nature at a young age. Because if you can understand that stuff at a young age, you can have so much more appreciation of it than kind of going through life and littering or just like consuming, 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 and not really thinking about the world as a big connected globe, you know? Right. And something I know I help out, um, I like to stand up for like the plastic pollution um, and helping like take trash off the beaches and all that. And something sad that was from the movie also, I'm not going to give too much away, but something also sad was how they were talking about how a lot of people used to kill the whales for whale oil and how popular it was. It was just really sad seeing that, even how they showed the scenes um, where the water was like red and all that. Mm -hmm. It's just really disturbing. It's important for us to know our history. You know, it's important for us to know like what we're capable of, you know, and how easy it is for us to disregard nature so that we can really appreciate and understand how important it is to love it versus hating it, you know? Yeah, it really is important. Well, those were all my questions. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. This was really fun. Well, thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Mr. Zeman, about The Loneliest Whale, The Search for 52, which opens in theaters July 9th, 2021 and on digital July 16th, 2021. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Interactions to watch our latest reviews of films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of the Get Post and check out our YouTube channel. Get there easily from our homepage, kidsfirst.org. The show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for the Voice American Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City. I am Benjamin Price. Thanks for listening. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.